Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The showdown is set for the fiercest rivalry in the West, and Western Montana will be the center of the Treasure State Football Universe this weekend. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. The Bobcats and the Grizzlies each picked up one more victory to set up one of the most anticipated rivalry matchups in years. Saturday in Bozeman, freshman quarterback Tommy Malat rushed for three touchdowns to boost Montana State to a 2013 win over Idaho as the Bobcats picked up their ninth straight win in their final regular season home game. Montana went to Flagstaff for the first time since 2016 and posted a 30-3 win over Northern Arizona. That sets up a top-10 showdown between two of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference. A win for the third-ranked Bobcats would sew up the first Big Sky title for Montana State since 2012, and a Grizz win would be number 7 Montana has nine victories and an inside track on a playoff seed. Each team has almost certainly secured a playoff spot, and even the loser will almost certainly be playing in the postseason. Montana State has won four in a row and six of the last ten, dating back to 2010, and MSU has won four of the last five rivalry games in Missoula. Finally, Western Montana will host the Class AA State Championship between Billings West and reigning champion Missoula Sentinel on Friday night, as well as the Class B Championship as Florence hosts Big Fork on Saturday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It is the greatest week of the year. I'm Coulter Nuanez. 
coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. My good friend and colleague, Marty Morningweg, joining me and diving into the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here just a moment. But so fun to be here. It is one of the great weeks of the year. Every year, don't care who you are. But particularly this year with all of the success we've had around the state for all of our teams from top to bottom, almost every level of football and other sports, it's been a phenomenal fall. It's been great to have everything back in the fold. Today's first hour got it kicked off with the Montana Football Hour, the rivalry edition, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Join me, Coulter Nuanas, here for the Montana Football Hour. You missed anything in that, talking all about Montana's road victory at Northern Arizona, Montana State's home victory over Idaho, and more importantly, getting you prepped for the 120th rendition of the greatest rivalry in college football. Find all that on the podcast, which is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Coach, it was a huge weekend over the weekend, and now we got another huge weekend this weekend. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Let's juice it up, Coulter. I'll tell you what, it was a big day, a big weekend in our family. Bobby Caden at Carroll College Saints finished the season strong, knocked the College of Idaho out of the playoffs, ended up 6-4 and four with a winning record, and Big Skies team, the MSU Mustangs, go Sting Gang. They won the Lone Star Conference Championship. And the Grizz win. That's a pretty good weekend, Coulter. It's absolutely a great weekend for sure. And the uh, the Frontier Conference, crazy this year. They Actually, honestly, it was kind of too bad. They cannibalized themselves so much. Everybody was pretty good. And so now you got Rocky, playing, Rocky Mountain College playing Western, Carroll playing College of Idaho, Certain scenarios go right, and the Frontier might get like four teams in the playoffs. Instead, they all beat each other, and only two are going to go crazy. That's right. I was up in Helena for the for the last ball game of yep. the season. And yep. I'll tell you what, I think for the most part, most of those teams were really good. Totally. And like you said, they chewed each other up. Yep, absolutely. We'll get you more prepped up for the NAIA National Playoffs moving forward here uh, because I know that is of interest for people around the great state of Montana. But, Coach, it is rivalry week. You were, yourself were a Grizz quarterback back in the day. What do you remember about this week? I mean, as a player, you grew up in Southern California. So when does sort of the magnitude of, of what the Bobcats versus the Grizzlies first dawn on you? Really, I grew up in Northern California, right, San Jose, right, right. South San Jose. It's all the same to me. The I, home of the Oak Grove High School Eagles. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I I said publicly one time that the Grizzcat game is just another game, and it just blew up. And I was really talking about myself, though, because as a coach yep. or a quarterback, you need to pull yourself out of the emotion just a little bit because no guys' minds are going crazy, ballistic. They're out of their minds for this game. It may be cousin against cousin, for sure. brother against brother. It certainly was when I was playing. So as a coach and a quarterback, you sort of got to pull yourself and step back from the emotions so you can think clearly. That's what I was talking about. But even some of my teammates said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I said, that's only for me. Well, here's my perspective on this too, because I've actually thought this, uh, what does every Bobcat coach since Sonny Holland have in common? 
Uh, they, you, you've they, got to... they all got fired. Oh, really? Except for Jeff Choate. He just left. Yeah. But those are the bookends. Sonny Lubick, fired. Dave Arnold won a national championship, fired. Earl Salmonson, can't beat the Grizz, fired. Cliff Heisel, can't beat the Grizz, fired. Mike Kramer, scandal that went along with it because he actually kind of could beat the Grizz. By the way, Mike Kramer, one of my favorite all-time guys, will join us. 5 p.m. on Wednesday, so that'll be fun. Getting the big human talking some Bobcat Grizzly stories. Nothing better than that. He's one of the greatest storytellers that's ever walked the face of the earth. He's half full of it, but that's what makes a great storyteller. But regardless, then Rob Ash, the all-time winning coach in the history of Montana State football. Four playoff appearances, three Big Sky titles, 2-7 and seven against the Grizz. Axed. So to that point, we always talk every year, what's this game mean to you? Some guys, it's the biggest game in the world. But I do think that when both programs are at their best, what we have on the horizon this weekend is where it should be. Both these teams should be top 10 in the country at this level because of the resources they got, the fan base they got, the fact that Montana kids can play at this level of football at such a high level. And so then if both these teams are making the playoffs, no matter what happens on Saturday, that's a great scenario because the last thing you want, and this is the, where the Bobcats were stuck for 16 straight years, basically, the Super Bowl was the Grizz. They, if they didn't beat them, they're looking for a new coach all of a sudden. But I, I guess what I'm saying is there's both sides of the perspective, right? Not treating this game as the end-all, be-all, but treating it as a big deal. It's kind of the fine line that you have to find. Well, I'll tell you what. It does mean a lot what happens on Saturday. You've got recruiting and certainly the in-state recruiting. Yep. You've got bragging rights. Yep. You've got moms, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, and cousins, aunts and nieces who have a little bit on this game. It's bragging rights for a year. It goes on and on. The other thing is, too, it's always the week before Thanksgiving, and so most oftentimes you're going to have to go see your family, too. So then if you do have a house of fire, maybe even don't, you're going to go back to a town where, you you know, there's always going to be a conversation around the Thanksgiving table whenever it comes to the rivalry game. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback. Marty Morningway joining me in studio. We do this the second hour of every Monday show. It's presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Need to winterize your RV? Head on down to Brett's 4800 Grand Creek Road. They are the premier RV dealers under the big sky. What do you remember about – you played for Larry Donovan, right? Yes. So what do you remember about the way Coach Donovan prepared you guys for these games? Oh, you should have seen – I've got a lot of memories, a lot of good stories, but some of the pregame juiced-up speeches, sometimes on Friday, sometimes on Saturday morning – by players and coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our coaches would not stop in Bozeman to fill up with gas on the recruiting trail. Right. You know, so, uh, but at, like I said, as a coach or a quarterback, you need to step back emotionally just a little bit. Totally. I'll tell you what, I got a lot of stories now, but I'll tell you one. Okay. One story. Okay. It was in 1982. It was the year we won the Big Sky Championship. Which was the first Big Sky title for Montana, I believe, in 14, maybe 15 years at that point. Yeah, something like that. It was played at Dornblazer Field. It was an awesome place to play a game. Middle of the second quarter, we were beating the living bleep out of them already. I believe the game ended up 45-14 to or something like that. However, however, we found ourselves... Backed up on the minus one, the minus one yard line down in that south end zone, Coulter. And that's where all the Montana State Bobcat fans were seated Ooh, for that okay. ball game. Yep. And if you remember in the early 80s, 
The security was light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure there was any security down in that south end zone. And I saw it happening. I saw it coming as I was running in from our sideline to our huddle. And we were huddled deep in that south end zone. Here it comes. A lady Bobcat fan comes out of the stadium. She didn't have far to go because she was sitting front row field level on the bleacher seat. She just had to step over a little rope. And she took seven steps. I counted them. Seven <laughs> steps. My eyes were right there. It was right next to the huddle, beyond the huddle. And she nailed me. Nailed me right down the sternum with a big gulp size of a drink. No way. Oh. <laughs> oh, and she game. was snarling at us, Coulter. Oh, my Calling gosh. us some really good names, vile names, some names I can't repeat, Coulter. And luckily, luckily, I had a little white towel, a little quarterback towel, wiping my arms and hands off the best <laughs> I could. I just figured that gal probably had a couple coins on the game, put her in a bad disposition. We went on about her business. First play backed up from the minus one, play action fake. I faked it to my roommate, fullback Joe Kluswich. Yep. Rolled right, eyes down the field from our minus one. The Bobcat secondary, they were playing it soft on that particular play. So I kept rolling, pump once, pump twice, dropped it down into the flat to Greg Eisman, our halfback, the Iceman. And we gained good yardage in the next play. Hard play action. Drop back pass, pump it down the middle to the great Brian Salonen. Coulter, I knew, I knew if I pumped it down the middle to Brian that I would get great movement from the Bobcat secondary, and that's what happened. And the line blocked great all day. 45 points, right? They blocked well on that particular play. It allowed me to reset the feet, drive it deep. Deep down the right sideline to David Glenn. Running a streak route, one-on-one, -on -one, <laughs> and he made a great catch in Coulter. We were out of there. We were out of that critical, backed-up situation. But most important, we no longer had to put up with those Montana State Bobcat <laughs> fans throwing Coke and whiskey on us, Coulter. This is and I knew it was whiskey <laughs> because I smelled like Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey the rest of the game, and I kind of like it. Coulter, go Grizz. Put one on the Bobcats. Yeah, I love it. That, this is why this guy was a coach in the NFL for more than 25 years, because he remembers things from 40 years ago, play-by-play. Play. Unbelievable. Love that story. Thank you so much for that. Marty Morningway joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I, one more question about those days, Coach. The This rivalry has had so many different eras where there's just been these big streaks. When you first came to Montana, it had been Mont all Montana State in the Big Sky era. I think they'd won 12 out of 15. Then the Grizz sort of get some momentum. And then the whole thing flipped. And then 16 in a row right after you got done playing and sort of re-evened the, the docket between these two teams in the Big Sky era. But do you remember sort of the fact that the Grizz were actually the ones chasing the Cats at the moment in time you came to Montana? Game to game, yeah. it didn't matter because it was bragging rights for the next year. And it was big. And it was important and it was physical and the mentality is a fist fight on every play you're we're going to have 60 to 80 fist fights every play <laughs> That's right. and then let's see what happens it's actually very fascinating because when you look at this the docket of the the big sky conference era since 1963 your group was actually the one that had the most back and forth with Montana State. Other than that, it was kind of chunks, 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 then this huge 16-year chunk for the Grizz, and then since then it's been, even though it's 9-9 nine to nine since the streak ended, it's been 
four in a row here for the Grizz, four in a row here for the Cats. Now, all of a sudden, Montana State is on the winning streak uh, against Montana. So, uh, this is just the funnest time of year, man. I just, I just love so much that this game is finally here. No, I'll tell you what. The guys, like I said, the fellas playing the game will be out of their minds. So, those few at certain positions and, and the play callers, if they can back out of the emotional type of mentality and then they can think clearly and have everybody else out of their minds, that's a good way to play a game like this. And it could end up being a bounce of the ball or one great play. You know, great players make great plays right Absolutely. at the right moment. Absolutely. And you may see that in this game. And that's one of the best parts about this game is that because – it's so intimate to the people of Montana. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. If you make a play in this game, you will be remembered forever within the scope of this rivalry. It's a historic event each and every week, and that, each and every year, I should say, and that's one of the coolest parts about it. I was talking to Timmy Houck the other day. Yep. I had him on my podcast. Ooh, love it. CampMartyPodcast.com. And we talked about the number 37. Yes. I get to raise the flag. What a great honor. But I called him because I needed some tips. Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance, right? Absolutely. I need to know how to raise the flag. And we got talking. And anyway, he ended up on my podcast. We got talking about that number 37. And that is quite a story. And he was the second man to have it. And Since I Craig told Paulson, him. yep. I told him, I said, look, if you would have said, no, I'm not wearing number 37, number 37 sucks. <laughs> right. This thing might not have happened. Tur- it is totally. huge. Or if you didn't become the two-time Big Sky Defensive Conference of the Year a player, that might not have happened. Or 13 years in the NFL, this whole thing may not have happened. What great players have worn that number? And here's what I'm thinking, Coulter. Anybody... That has worn number 37. Tim's going to be with me yep. during the raising of yep. the flag. Yep. And then anybody else who's worn number 37, please please stop by and we'll take a nice little picture before and after. There's a PSA for you. If you're one of the unbelievable fraternity that has worn number 37 for the Montana Grizzlies and you'll be in town, Coach Marty Morningweg will be raising the flag at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So go say hello. Go check him out. Coach, last question for you on this game. From just a coaching perspective, at this level of football, a loss doesn't kill you uh, just in this general scope of a season because you can lose once, twice, still be in the mix for a national championship. Right now, both these teams are playing really, really well. Cats are on a nine-game winning streak coming into this thing. We were screaming and yelling about the Grizz a month ago. Well, you fix a lot of your offensive problems when you don't give up any points. They give it up 16 points last month, so uh, pretty good defense for Montana. And when you score twice on defense every single game, which it seems like they do, it remedies a lot of your issues. But that said, both these teams are already in the playoffs. There is a Big Sky title on the line for the Bobcats for sure, and if the Grizz win, maybe some other stuff goes their way. We'll see. But both these teams are in the playoffs. Both these teams likely have a bye. You want to have all the momentum in the world coming out of this game, but if you lose this game, you're not out of the mix for the national championship. So as a coach, how do you prepare, but also how do you just sort of manage this game? Smartly aggressive. Right. Because I think the worst thing you can do in one of these games is sort of play conservative or not to lose. Right. You want to go for it smartly. Yep. Allow your players 
a chance to dominate the game. And yep. that's that's the talk in both locker rooms now. You know it. You've got a little bobcat blood in you. I know it. Both locker rooms are talking about yep. physically dominating the yep. game. And here's my only concern. The last Bobcat Grizz game I watched, the Bobcats won more of the fist fights. Yep. Won, won, won. They won way more of the fist fights. <laughs> no question. That game. So I see us turning the fist fight every play around into our favor. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We have our pre-game tailgate show, ESPN College Game Day. I know the national one's not coming here, but we got the best one you're going to find anywhere anyways. We got all the info. We got all the interviews. We got all the guests. So come hang out with us before the game right there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot, our sixth and final, at least of the regular season, ESPN Twisted Tailgate presented by Twisted T. We'll have all sorts of stuff going on down there, including the opportunity for you to pick up your prizes for the best giveaway you're going to find anywhere on the radio throughout the state of Montana. We're going to do the drawing on Friday. We'll have the prizes there for you on Saturday. What are the prize packages? We got one package that includes an otter box and a grill from Twisted Tea. We also have another package that includes a Traeger smoker, a boatload of Alpine Touch, and a beef box from Haymaker Beef. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on all the social medias, and we'll get you all set up. Drawing on Friday, giveaway on Saturday. We'll give you all the stuff at our pregame tailgate show. But if you want some Alpine Touch right now, we got a Grand Slam package for you. Just give us a call, 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Caller number four, we got a Grand Slam package to Alpine Touch ready for you. Alpine Touch, proud presenter of the Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty. What happened in the NFL over the weekend? Well, it was another crazy week. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. in Missoula Sports Center. The showdown is set for the fiercest rivalry in the West and Western Montana will be the center of the Treasure State football universe this weekend. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuanez. Bobcats and the Grizzlies each picked up one more victory to set up one of the most anticipated rivalry matchups in years. Saturday in Bozeman, freshman quarterback Tommy Malat rushed for three touchdowns to boost Montana State to a 2013 win over Idaho as the Bobcats picked up their ninth straight win in their final regular season home game. Montana went to Flagstaff for the first time since 2016 and posted a 30-3 win over Northern Arizona. That's 
That sets up a top 10 showdown between two of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference. A win for the third-ranked Bobcats would sew up the first Big Sky title for Montana State since 2012, and a Grizz win would be number 7 Montana has nine victories and an inside track on a playoff seed. Each team has almost certainly secured a playoff spot, and even the loser will almost certainly be playing in the postseason. Montana State has won four in a row and six of the last ten, dating back to 2010, and MSU has won four of the last five rivalry games in Missoula. Finally, Western Montana will host the Class AA State Championship between Billings West and reigning champion Missoula Sentinel on Friday night, as well as the Class B Championship as Florence hosts Big Fork on Saturday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. playlist for today's show. I was thinking of all the phenomenal times I've had at Washington Grizzly Stadium. This show here, Pearl Jam, of course, honestly one of the highlights of my life, just to have one of my favorite bands ever in my hometown, and I was there with like five of my best friends. It was just like the coolest night that there was, but there's been some really awesome memories made at Washington Grizzly, including this concert, Guns N' Roses, the Rolling Stones, but most of the great memories I've ever had. We're at rivalry and or playoff football games at Washington Grizz. And it's uh, it's pretty cool to reflect now that I am a grown man, just the way that growing up in this town and going to that awesome venue has influenced my life. I mean, it inspired my passion for football. And here we are now getting to bring you all the lead up to one of the great rivalries we'll ever see in this 120th rendition of the greatest rivalry in the West. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. My good friend and colleague, Marty Morningweg, joining me in studio for the Monday afternoon quarterback. It's presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine's been locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. Need help winterizing your RV? Head down to 4800 Grant Creek Road in Missoula today to check out the premier RV dealer under the big sky. All right, Coach, there's only probably one day or one week a year where the NFL takes backseat to uh, anything, really. But uh, this is the week in Montana. That said, though, yesterday was a crazy uh, NFL day. Compare and contrast. You were in some places as a coach in the NFL that have a lot of fierce rivalries. But what was the best rivalry you were ever involved in within your time as an NFL coach? Now, I will tell you, it feels different because it's grown men. But the feeling is still the same because it's one grown man kick another grown man's butt. That's the business that the fellows are in. Yep. The San Francisco-Green Bay rivalry back in the day. I was in Green Bay yeah. where we beat the 49ers. Yes. Three times in one calendar year. The right. playoffs, a Monday night game, and playoffs. And then I took the coordinating job in San Francisco Green Bay beat us for the fourth time in a row in the NFC Championship game at home at Candlestick Park, right? And then the next year, we get them on the catch number two. What a great rivalry that is. The Eagles-Cowboys. You remember Buddy Ryan. Of course. Bring the body bags out. (laughs) I mean, it is still like that with the Eagles and the Cowboys. And 
The Baltimore-Pittsburgh rivalry. Absolutely. I love that rivalry in Pittsburgh. And they bring out that song. What is the the Yo Mama (laughs) song? Yeah. Is that that it? uh, But uh, right at the right moment. They always do it right at a critical moment. Four minutes left in the game. Two minutes left in the game. Loved playing with the Baltimore Ravens in Pittsburgh. What a great rivalry. Were you ever around those just absolutely legendary guys on the Ravens defense, like Ray Lewis or Ed Reed? Oh, yeah. well, I, I coached against those <laughs> right. guys. Right. Yes, and, you know, so, uh, Ed Reed, one of the great, great, great instincts. Do not allow him to get within 10 yards of the football, much like the great Deion Sanders yep. at a different position. And then some of those great players. One of the main toughest game plan was Dallas when Leon Lett yep. and Haley yep. were on the same side. Charles now, one Haley. of them you can sort of take care of with help and chips and sure. all kinds of things. Two of them on the same side, very, very difficult. John Randall. I was in Green Bay. One of my all-time favorites, man. Yeah, you're a Minnesota Viking. When he kind of hit it big. Yeah. I mean, to the (laughs) tune of total late night, Visine type of late night game plans. Yeah. And then Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp, my first game as a coordinator. Oh, my gosh. Tore Jerry Rice's knee up on one play, and then about eight players, Steve Young concussion. All from one player, right? So the next time we play him, there will be a game plan in place for that man. Unbelievable. He's one of the, he's absolutely one of the great players in NFL history. It's amazing because he's definitely a Hall of Famer, and he's still somehow underrated. I don't really know how that happened. Warren Sapp is ridiculous. He's, he's a one-of-one, one, right? There is no real prototype since him. There's never really been a guy like him that's so, so big but also so agile. Well, what a great athlete. I mean, unbelievable athlete. Yeah, he was a big, big guy. And instincts. I mean, what a great player. To to have to game plan the way you had to game plan for him for a defensive tackle is crazy. You you usually can get help there very simply, but not with Randall and not with Warren Sapp. From a rivalry perspective in the NFL, in college – and you can tell guys, hey, everybody around the state of Montana, everybody around the FCS can be talking about this for the rest of your lives. This is bragging rights when you have kids and a family and all that stuff. You'll never forget the day you ran out of the tunnel in Missoula. That all seems sort of natural. The motivation within NFL rivalries seem like it's much more based in, like, true hate for each other, right? Oh, yeah. And it gets, <laughs> Coulter, it gets personal right. in many of those situations. You are playing for a ring, that's what you're playing for. You're playing for personal pride. You're playing for respect at any level, but certainly in the NFL. It gets ugly in some case, especially down the stretch right. and into the playoffs. Well, we're into the heart of the NFL season now, and it's been a couple weeks in a row in which we've had crazy results. The news of the weekend coming out of this weekend, first of all, Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Los Angeles Rams, within that same 24-hour news cycle, we find out that Robert Woods tore his ACL. I actually think that that, I don't want to say helps the Rams because Robert Woods is a great player, 
but I think it does help mitigate some of the distraction because the question was going to be, how does Odell Beckham Jr. react to being the number three or four guy with the Rams? Instead, now he gets to be at least more involved. So maybe you mitigate that drama a little bit, but what did you think of the OBJ move to Los Angeles? Well, L.A. is all chips on the table. They are. Sort of Super Bowl or bust. Yep. And so if you have that mentality, what a great signing. But they better use them early and often because you saw what happened to my man. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Here's what happens when you only use them. A great player like that with with many Pro Bowls and, and great, great years. You play him just a few plays. That man tends to think, I need to make the great play because I only have a few chances. And you saw what happened there. He made a great catch on a fantastic route, good throw. Great catch, by the way. And then fumbles the ball thereafter and gives them. And then that was the game, basically. That was the game. The other big piece of news from the weekend, Chase Young, the uh, budding star defensive lineman for the Washington football team, suffered a torn ACL. Um, that's the latest portion of the Chase Young story. I don't want to go too far into it because I don't know enough about it to speculate about it that much. But uh, it's it's been sort of up and down for Chase Young in Washington. He was the number two overall pick. He's expected to change the franchise. He's the rookie of the year. But then he was named a captain, then got his captain stripped. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. But my question for you, though, Coach, is that when you do have a guy like that who is a prize of your organization, I mean, make, make no mistake, these guys – in terms of the organizational perception of them, are investments more than anything in the, the anything else. But when you have sort of the prize show pony and he goes down, how much does that hurt an organization? Well, it's a big blow. Yeah. However, the mentality is the next man up, you play as good or better, and then everybody else around that person plays at another level. Sometimes. It works out really well. I remember when we won the Super Bowl in Green Bay. Right at the end of the year, we lose a linebacker, very good linebacker, and our right guard. Mm-hmm. And we didn't miss a beat. So in some cases, you know, that you can have a man play as yeah. good or better. But in other cases, at, at certain positions, it could be a big blow. Well, sometimes it's just about how far is the drop-off because sometimes the guys are just so much better than who's going to be replacing them. But it's just really tough, right? Yes. Because oftentimes when you have in the salary cap league, often like for example, your all pro left tackle is going to be getting paid so much that you have to pay his backup league minimum. So the drop off is just so huge, right? Yeah, you talk about left tackles, you better have three of those <laughs> right. in the NFL at least. So yes, you're exactly right. It could be a big blow. It could help in some crazy instances. I remember we were on a run in San Francisco and lost the great Bryant Young, yep. one of the great players in the game. That hurt us just a little bit, not only depth-wise, but production-wise. So we we signed several people off the street, including the great Charles Haley. He came in. That's another great story. He flew in on Friday. He got five pass rushes against the offensive line on Saturday morning and played Sunday and had a huge influence on the ball game. That was that was the game where it was the catch number two. Is he as crazy as people say? Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite books ever is Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. It's all about the early 1990s Dallas Cowboys. Most of the stories about Charles Haley in that book, I can't tell on the radio. We get kicked off the radio 
unbelievable character. It seemed like he was just like the most intense guy in the league. I mean, that's how he made it for so long. Well, it's kind of like that Bobcat lady fan coming out of the stands and hitting me down <laughs> the sternum. The vile things that were coming out of her mouth were kind of commonplace for Charles Haley. Listen, Charles Haley, I hired him right. as the assistant defensive line coach in Detroit. That's how much respect I had for him, both as a person and a player. But, yes, he was kind of half crazy and still is to, to, to uh, in, in many cases. Well, that's how you get six Super Bowl rings, right? It's got to be a little crazy. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Talk some of the more surprising and or important results of the NFL. I'll take you home here on a Monday. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you're having an outstanding start to your week. I couldn't be better, man. Feeling so thankful to live in my hometown, hang out with all my friends, and talk football on the radio. I think this is uh, what they call living the dream. Woke up on, uh, I guess it was last week sometime, went to take my garbage out inside of my garbage can. Got a note from the garbage man. Says, hey, we listen to you every day driving around. Keep up the great work. That's what makes Missoula great, man. So everybody that's out there, thanks so much for hanging, and uh, thanks so much for listening. We take a lot of pride in what we do, but also we have a hell of a lot of fun. It's Monday afternoon quarterback, my good friend, Marty Morningweg, in studio with me. This is presented in part by Alpine Touch. Got a big giveaway on Saturday, so keep those entries coming in. And if you are craving some Alpine Touch, go get yourself some, alpinetouch.com. Coach, let's talk a little bit about the weekend that was. Big bounce back win for the Buffalo Bills uh, after having a terrible loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. How does that happen? How does the adjustments happen? You could say the same sort of parallel for the Cowboys as well. They laid an egg at home against the Broncos. They come back 43-3 to against the Falcons. So when you do have a game where maybe you lose to an opponent that you didn't expect to lose to, what's the bounce-back process? Like, how do you guys how do you get your guys ready to sort of rebound from that? Yeah, that's a good point, Coulter. It's about details, right? Details, details, details. And it is a marathon season. This year there's 17 games Within right. an 18-week span. And for you to be at your very best, you try to chase that thing. But it seems like on occasion that the whole football team, and I'm exaggerating only a little bit, mentally will be down just a tick. Now, is that due to short weeks and travel and back-to-back uh, road games? and All those things come into that mentality. There are on occasion uh, a few people at 
the key positions that just play really poorly for a game or two. And then all of a sudden, you're back on it, and you're back where you were. And the Bills are one example. I think the Chiefs are another example. Totally. What a talented team they had. They had some rotten games. They hit the skids for a minute, but then last night they looked like a Super Bowl favorite again. No, so are they back? Well, they have another one. You know, who knows? I remember... Uh, the, uh, the the Super Bowl year again in Green Bay. Yep. I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, we were 8-0, and then we get beat like a borrowed mule in Dallas and at Kansas City and never lost again. And people were throwing us out of the Super Bowl mix after those two losses. So much of it's mental, much of it's details. What is the key to the not letting it compound upon itself right not letting one loss build into another loss leadership yeah leadership at the player level once a young team can find four or five and it happens naturally but if that team can can find four or five team leaders brian dawkins type of men right brett Favre, reggie white type of men steve young type of these type of men will not allow it to happen too long. Good memory. November 10th, 1996, Green Bay loses at Kansas City. Following week, lose at Dallas. And then five wins in a row to finish the regular season, three wins in a row to uh, finish the playoff run and the Super Bowl championship there. I think we got shut out at Dallas, am I correct? Six points. Six, yeah. yeah so felt no, like a shutout. <laughs> yeah, no touchdowns. Exactly right. Felt like a shutout. It was devastating. We had lost a couple of good players. Yep. Tamura for one, Robert yep. Brooks for another. Yep. Antonio, we lost him to a broken arm. So we were down a few fellas. And then we reloaded and replenished and didn't lose again. Two teams right now to watch in the NFL that I think have good talent that have turned the corner are the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. The Patriots one makes total sense to me because they have a rookie quarterback. They decided to go all in on him and uh, up and down at first. Mac Jones seems like he's really found his way. New England's putting up points, and now they seem like they're back on track. But the Colts are fascinating to me, too, because they started 1-4, and four, but their losses were in Seattle to the Rams at Tennessee they won against the Dolphins, and they lose in Baltimore. So a brutal schedule to start. And since then, they've won four out of five. And uh, now I think they're one of the surging teams. I think Indianapolis is pretty darn good. But how important is it then to just stay the course? Because if you start one and four, you could say SOS is, is all over for us. But I still, even though the Colts did start one and four, I think they're still a borderline playoff team. They absolutely are. I think their defense is playing much better. Uh, and it's a streak game in the NFL. You're going to lose some games, typically. Typically, you're going to lose some games. You just need to come out of that thing and get back on the streak. You and I have talked about that before. I'm very impressed for the last several weeks, really, with the New England Patriots and their rookie quarterback. Yes. Uh, Just a fantastic job. And, And people may not understand, it is a very difficult situation with a rookie quarterback. I remember going eight and eight. And playing out of our minds to go eight <laughs> right, and eight right. with a day one starter rookie quarterback, and then of course six and one down the stretch with Lamar Jackson. But I will tell you, it is some of the latest nights that you will ever have. Oh yeah, is because of a rookie quarterback, and the Patriots are doing a fantastic job on defense and offense and on special teams. Speaking of quarterbacks, 
One of my favorites, a guy that I don't know why he's so polarizing, but he is, is Cam Newton. He's back with the Carolina Panthers. This is funny because I was thinking about this. This is like when you have a sweet girlfriend and then you break up with her because you think there's going to be something better out there. And then six months later, you're licking your wounds and saying, there's nothing better out there. I got to go get this girl back. Cam Newton's the girl. They went and got him back. He, he went out and played pretty well yesterday in spot duty. But what, what is your evaluation of Cam? Is he done or does he still have some gas left Shoot, in the tank? he scored two touchdowns. On the first two times he got the ball. Here's what I view that as without talking to anybody there. Sure. Right? About the specifics. It looks like they grabbed him because they thought they thought that he could help their football team win a game or two down the stretch and then into the playoffs uh, with his style. Right. And so they're using him sort of a little bit as a wildcat type of guy. He's a fantastic player now. I mean, he can throw the football. He can run. He's big and strong. Oh, buddy. He's got it all. He's aging just a little bit. He's been through some injuries. He has. He's been nicked up. But there's no question in my mind he can still play the game at a high level and do it consistently. I think so, too. I I, I just... Uh... Yeah, Cam and the press conference stuff and you know the the different hats, the outfits, he's gloomy sometimes, whatever. This dude is a such a competitor, man. I can't believe that he gets undersold like he does. He's never gonna be like any of the other quarterbacks in the league. But when he's at his best, and that might be in the rear view now, but when he's at his best, man, like people forget that Carolina team that went 15 1, that was one of the great teams the last 10 years in the NFL. They just happened to lose in the NFC Championship game. He had one of the great seasons in the league in the last 10 years. He can be one of the best in the, in, in, on the earth when he, when he gets it together. Yeah, he's a fine, fine player. And I thought going to New England yeah. might cut out some of the other things sure. off the field that yeah. tends to pull. A little bit at a quarterback. I'll tell you what, I like Baker Mayfield, but I'm getting tired of seeing him on all these commercials. <laughs> right. And I don't. I don't get tired of seeing Tom Brady. <laughs> right. Why? Because Tom has earned it. You get what you earn in the NFL, and Baker has earned maybe a couple little slots, but not every other commercial. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's when that sort of stuff gets out of control, too, right? Because then the distraction overweighs and... I mean, this is a bloodthirsty league, man. We've got more endorsements than everybody else, and you're not winning any games. They're going to hit you even harder. Well, and the perception is important. Yes. Especially when you're the face of the franchise and the team leader by position. That quarterback position is thrown in to the leadership position because of many, many reasons. But you have to go about your business the right way for respect from your teammates. Last thing for you then, Coach. Last night, the Chiefs looked like they really turned the page. That they're was back. that was the Patrick Mahomes of old, right? Yeah, they're back. Look, at, they had they had a, a, a pretty good chunk early in the season where it looked rotten. The defense was playing bad. The offense looked like they were out of sync. They were turning the ball over at a record rate. That thing was not going to go on too very long with all the talent and all the leadership on the Kansas City Chiefs. Their defense looks better. That was my concern. The defense looks better. Patrick Mahomes and company will come out racing if they have any defense at all. One afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here in studio. Nuanas now. Great stuff, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Grizz, cat, we go, Grizz. Put one on him. Lay it to him. Be aggressive. Be physical. 
and it's a fist fight. It's a back of the barroom fist fight. Now, some of these young guys have never been in one of those. That's right. Because the rules have changed, right? The laws. Uh, that's right. You can't do that anymore. You can't do it anymore. But mentally, you can. Yeah, absolutely. We will have all sorts of coverage of this rivalry game all throughout the week. Montana State head coach Brent Vegan joining us. Former Buffalo Bills offensive lineman Dylan McFarlane and a whole bunch more. We'll meet you back here 4 p.m. tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.